Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hardcover Hooligans, An Unexpected Journey. Well, that's the other oh. one. I guess that, oh. that is not the right book, but whatever. We're today. <laughs> that's the last my one. Name is, yeah. My name is Mac. As always, with me is Danilo. Danilo, classically, I got a question mm-hmm. for you. Okay. Do you also despise allegory in all its forms? <laughs> yes. Yeah, why? <laughs> it's it's because it's usually dumb. Yeah, once <laughs> someone tells you, you're like, oh, I wasn't reading a story. I was reading someone's weird opinions. Yep, you and Tolkien <laughs> have a lot to talk about then because he feels the exact same way. It's like when you find out the Wizard of Oz is an allegory for like like capitalism or whatever, and you're like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> I think stories should just be the words on the page, and I don't have to think about them at all <laughs> past that. Um, Themes right. are for eighth grade book reports, I believe. Yeah. is the... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Unless I have to be asked to write down what the theme is, I don't really care. I don't really give a fuck. That's just the kind of reader I am. <laughs> um, okay, so today we are reading uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the first half of The Fellowship of the Ring, written mm-hmm. by one J.R.R. Tolkien, published in on July 29th, 1954 in the United Kingdom, but then published in, I have it here, October 21st, 1954 in the United States. Um, I have I have read this book before. I love this book a lot. Uh, the, Danilo, you've never read this book before. No, I have not. And first, immediate thoughts based on oh, we we stopped right before the uh, the Council of Elrond, um, so we've made it to Rivendell, uh, but that's it. Uh, so Danilla, what do you think of what we've read so far? So I've seen the movies multiple times and generally really liked them and was into them. Um, I went into this book with certain expectations uh, based on the movie. And also just like based on knowing in certain ways how they're different from the movie. And I have to say, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I was very surprised. Really? I really liked it. I was bummed I had to stop. Oh, nice. Good. Thank <laughs> God you said that or else we'd have to end the podcast forever. I think. <laughs> what were you, uh, what, what, what particularly surprised you? Like what, what weren't you expecting that you really enjoyed? I I think like the just the tone of it like I I was like oh this isn't trying to be an action movie. No, it's so different. And I really like once I sort of was like oh okay I yeah. I really enjoyed it. And like this this might not be a hot take but like <laughs> I don't know I've read the Hobbit J.R. Tolkien's kind of a good writer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's so... A lot of times, in like I feel like in the cultural imaginary, people are like, oh, The Lord of the Rings, it's like flowery. It's really not. Or, or like, I expect it to be, like, pulpier or yeah. more like um, more like The Hobbit. But, like, there are, like, the, the descriptions of nature are just, like, amazing. Like, I was, yeah. like, I was all in on it. And he, like, described the sun on different days. And I'm, like, hell yeah. 
Yeah, that I was think great. that's awesome. I, I think there's great. a definite, uh, you know, people, I think we talked about this in The Hobbit a little bit. People talk about this book, like, the a little bit of the beginning is like Hobbit 1.5. And I think there's a definite tone switch right after the House of Tom Bombadil with the literal, like, zombie ghost scene <laughs> that is like, <laughs> whoa, like, this is, this feels a lot. Imagine if that happened to Bilbo Baggins. Like, that's a way different book. That's like an actual scary part, which I really love. Or just like the line of, you know, when they left the Shire, it's like immediately a different world. Yeah. You know, and that like only really happens through like the descriptions of their like environment. I guess I didn't expect to be like, I don't know, from like the movies, my feelings about Middle Earth are like, Oh, it's a generic fantasy setting. But, like, the way it's written here, I'm like, oh, I get why people like Middle Earth. Like, it is very, it feels much more specific and evocative, like, in in the book. Yeah, Yeah, the parts that are untamed, if you will, of Middle Earth really feel like fucking anything. Like, the ground could just suddenly, like, stand up and punch you in the head. Like, it's it Uh feels, like, truly alien. And I I like the hobbits a lot more. Like yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They're they're bad. They're like, I don't know, like real and specific. They're not because I always watch the movies. I'm like, oh, this is an action movie. Yeah. It's too bad the main characters are these like dumb naive idiots <laughs> yeah i think the the movie i mean obviously the biggest switch from from page to screen is mary and pippin and not only like their involvement in the story but also like their general level of intelligence and aptitude oh yeah <laughs> and sam is also different but that's not we don't see how sam is different yet but he will also yeah. be different but mary and pippin man i love them in this book a lot and uh the, I hate them in the movie now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's very different. Their, their introduction to the story in the movie, as compared to the book, I, I've always been like, how come it? How come they? How come that's different? Like, why can't they just I think be they along just, for like, the needed, ride on like, purpose? Weird comic relief because that's like yeah. all they are in the movies. But like, I'm reading and I'm like, oh, they're like nice and smart, and they're like good friends with them, not just like randos who yeah. are like. Bah, what about second breakfast? Right. And everyone's yes. like, oh, you hobbits. Yeah, they really care. Mary was like, you know, I'll meet you here and I'll be there and we'll like band together and hey, let's do this. And, you know, they have like yeah. plans. They can like get around by themselves. They're not like. I think the movie portrayed them as like big children, which yeah. I I think that's what bothered me about them. But like reading the book, I'm like, Oh, I get why people like hobbits now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think Frodo catches a lot of flack for being annoying in the movie. But he's like mm-hmm. not... He, he's not... He's not in the book, I don't think. In any of them. I don't think he's annoying. And I think, like, because you're with him a lot, it's, like, wh- later in the books, as the ring is slowly starting to, like, make him go crazy. What mm-hmm. in the movie, I think, can be a little bit he can maybe be like a bit of a whiner in the books. It's like really like unsettling. Like I cannot believe he's treating Sam like this. Sam has been with them this whole time. There's a lot of, I think I found like tone things where like, Oh, I see how they got it onto the screen that way. But like tone wise, I can see how it's challenging to, you know, portray the hobbits in a certain way when you're trying to like make an action movie basically. Yeah. Um, it's so a lot of stuff. I can see how that'd be missed in translation because they have to do what they have to do to keep the movie moving forward. Whereas, like a lot of the stuff that makes you like the Hobbits in the book, is like stuff that would be cut out of a movie. Like right. you know, 
when they just talk about how much they like elves or like they yeah. when they eat breakfast. <laughs> there ain't no Gildor and Glorion scene in the in the movie. Hell no. Or Glor- Actually, yeah, Glorfindel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Glorfindel uh, replaced with. Uh, Arwen, a, a character who shows up again, unlike Glorfindel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe that was a good choice. But anyway, um, maybe we should dive right in. What do you think yeah. about that, Danilo? Let's so, do it. I don't know. It's okay if you did not. But did you read the foreword to the second edition? Because I do want to talk about that a little bit. Well, like okay. an allegory about it, like the war and all that yeah. stuff. So this is, you know, if I a lot of people argue... And I'm not going to give my opinion on it right now. Um, but a lot of people argue, like, th- or feel pretty strongly that The Lord of the Rings is a direct allegory to, like, the rise of, you know, World War II uh, and also the rise of Germany in... The rise of Germany both times, which are, which is, and this might come as a surprise to uh, you people who don't own maps, to the east of where J.R.R. Tolkien lives. And a lot Ah. of, in this book, evil is, like, rising from the east, you know, because in the southeast is Mordor, and that's where they're going. Uh, The southeast of England is Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And so, you can map on, you know, like, the armies of... Uh, man versus the armies of orc, good versus evil, and people attribute this as an allegory to World War II, like I said, and also uh, with the ring being uh, a symbol for greed, like the greed of man in general. And Tolkien is pretty, like, stoutly against this, and uh, it all comes from this, uh, which is the forward to the second edition. Specifically, he has a problem with I guess this is technically reaching a little further ahead, and we can talk about it when we're actually done with Return of the King, but he says that it can't be an allegory. A, a big part of it is because of how the whole thing wraps up. He talks about, like, if well, if it was really an allegory, then Barador <laughs> wouldn't have been destroyed. It would be occupied, and, like, the hobbits would be blamed <laughs> for fucking everything because they brought it there. And it's like, sure, I guess, but it, I think to me... It's it's very obvious with the relationship. The story is just about men. There's like two women in the whole book. And I think that's because Tolkien is writing about his experiences it, losing his innocence with a bunch of his fellow countrymen in war. Uh, Danilo, do you have any thoughts? Well, I think it, like I mean, I grant I haven't read the rest of the books, but I you know um, what happens. No, no, no yeah, big yeah, differences. Yeah, yeah. You get it. But it's yeah, I think uh, it can be a product of its time, you know, without being an allegory and like a product of a uh, human being's experiences in things that happened in his life that happen to be world events and like still be about those things. But like, I'm surprised that people do put such a heavy like allegory thing on it because like even just reading it it didn't really feel like that because mm-hmm. you know i grew up we talked a little bit about this last time with J.R.R. token being like big catholic dude um and growing me going growing up in catholic church and then being like oh yeah the lord of the rings is a catholic story sauron is the devil the ring is sin and frodo is tempted by sin and it's about overcoming you know, the devil's temptation to sin and stuff, you know, which I think is a valid interpretation potentially, but like that is also as valid as, Oh, it's about world war two. It's like, it's like a, it has that emotional, like, I don't know, level to it, but it's not, I don't know. 
Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, no, I do know what you're saying. It's like, a, I think I, I was surprised by how much it felt like it's a fairy tale with certain elements about, like, humanity and people yeah. doing things and good and evil and friendship and stuff. And then anything about the world and your experience, you can sort of map onto it, uh, like, what it means. Like, what does the ring tempting you mean? Like, it's sort of, I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, he he says that uh, like there's a difference between history and allegory, and like, okay, I guess we gotta talk about this. Technically, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings is a, like a frame story written by the Hobbits in a book called the Red Book of Westmarch, and it's supposed oh, to be boy. like a history, <laughs> not like a like a piece of history started by Bilbo Baggins, finished by Frodo, then finished by Sam. Uh, and then put in a museum and like Tolkien, I don't know, like found it. <laughs> whatever. Well, it's, I think it's like saying, you know, a song of ice and fire is an allegory of the war of the roses, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like, I don't yeah. like, I don't know what, like, what does that get you? You know, like the story is point. like more than that. There's different things in there. Like, yeah, sure. It's inspired by this historical event, but ultimately it's a different thing trying to tell its own story, you know? Yeah. Not that J.R. Tolkien or uh, fucking George R.R. R. Martin, George Railroad Martin, is uh, <laughs> trying to talk about his trauma from the War of the Roses because I don't think he was that old. But right, no, I would hope he's not that old. He'd <laughs> be done um, with the books already. But yeah, ayo, burn him, chalk it up, chalk one up in the burn co- in the L column for George Railroad Martin. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's that's all true. I I I I think. He would be staunch. I think even suggesting, like, you are sort of writing about yourself and your loss of innocence, uh, he would rail against that idea. And I think, mm-hmm. even as the books go on, like, that is really <laughs> obviously what's happening. Like, there's a not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's a moment in the second book where, um, I, uh, they see the Rangers kill, uh, um, an Easterling and then. He, like, looks different. He has darker skin. And there's literally a moment where Sam is like, but he's just a person. Like, all of us. And we're just, like, killing each other. And, like, what's the point? And it's like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Come on. <laughs> You're obviously dealing with your own death of the author or whatever. But come on. Give me a break. Well, like, you know, all all books, fantasy or otherwise, that include war end up being about war, you know? Yeah. And, like, people's experiences during war. So, like... Then of course everyone's going to think about you know the wars that have happened in relation to, in relationship to this book yeah. that has war in it, and so you know what can you do? Um, well, I guess we should note. start. Let's yeah. On that note, let's start with the prologue, Danilo. I, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I uh, we were we were hanging out. We were we were doing something together, and I and I noticed you were reading the prologue. Uh, and you, you told me at the time you were struggling to get through it. Now, how come? Is that because you were bored learning about pipeweed? Um, I immediately remembered why I've never read this book before. <laughs> because um, I don't know if you've ever been, uh, you know, about to get in your car on a road trip. Right. And you're really excited um, on this road trip. And you pull out of your driveway <laughs> and you start driving and then you turn a corner and someone's built a brick wall in the middle of the road and you crash right into it. And that's sort of <laughs> yeah, how I felt <laughs> in this prologue. Yeah. Which I'm I not understand. Gonna lie, I skimmed some of it. I tried what? to find some of it interesting, but I'm like, I have nothing to like 
hang this on like this is not related to anything like yeah i'm glad i read the hobbit because i think there's previous times i tried to read this book where i hadn't even read the hobbit and then i tried reading this i'm like what the fuck's going on (laughs) yeah well this is just something i i gotta get off my chest here a lot of people joke that pipe weed is like weed it's not it's nicotania which is tobacco in lord of the rings so shut the fuck up if you say (laughs) if you think it's weed you're a fucking moron i mean probably led zeppelin thought it was weed right that's true yeah far away brother all right um so I guess we start at the beginning then. That's really it. It's just, if you didn't read The Hobbit, it summarizes The Hobbit. That is right. the purpose of the prologue. And also you get to learn about uh, the, how the Shire's uh, police work, <laughs> which is interesting. I put that. You know, here, uh, uh, for those of you who haven't read this, um, I think you can skip it and then reread it after you've read these books. Um, so this is this is very important. Um, the, the Thane was the master of the Shire moot. And the yep. captain of the Shire Muster and the Hobbitry in Arms. But as Muster and Moot were only held in times of emergency, which no longer occurred, the Thaneship had ceased to be more than a nominal dignity. So just <laughs> just keep that in your head. Yeah, that's really important. <laughs> Very uh, important. Danila, do you remember how old Bilbo Baggins is turning? 32, right? No, that's... Uh, he, Bilbo. Oh, no, Bilbo. His, 71. Yeah, yeah. Yes. His 11th birthday is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and it's a big deal. He's got fucking fireworks. He's got a bunch of dwarves mm-hmm. are constantly coming to visit. And Bilbo has attained a sort of... He's like a he's like the craziest, richest person of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I love how everybody thinks Bilbo is like a freak. And it's like, Frodo's gotta stop hanging out with his creepy <laughs> uncle. I think and he's like just mildly quirky. Like he'll yeah, occasionally have like a guest from out of town. Or yeah. like... He'll tell story. He'll tell a story, and everyone's like, "Stay away from that guy." Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Bilbo is celebrating his birthday. There, there, there's a lot of invitations to be sent, um, and everybody's invited, even people he doesn't like, because Bilbo's going to do a big ruse at the mm-hmm. at his birthday party. He's just going to move out in the middle of his birthday party. He's leaving. He's skipping town. Uh, and and uh. He gives a big funny speech that is almost word for word what it is in the movie. I like half of you <laughs> as much as you like or deserve or what have you. And then a big firework explosion goes off and then boom, he vanishes. Danilo, would you be as, would you just keep partying if the host like exploded? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> I like I like uh, Frodo's reaction to this, where he's just like, okay, he just like keeps <laughs> drinking. <laughs> All right, it's funny because like no one knows what to do about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, old man, we'll listen to your old speech, <laughs> and they hate it. Like hobbits hate the speeches unless they're about like keep drinking. They're like here, here, <laughs> which I always they love. Didn't with the, when there's too many words, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Bilbo oh, goes I, back to... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I know we didn't... Um, uh, we mentioned this before, but I love how they brought up the thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laughed out loud. I don't know why I think that's <laughs> so funny, because it's, like, yeah. so dumb. It's real, though. Like, thank you very much. Thank He's you so very sick. much. <laughs> um, this is So he goes back. Uh, Bilbo goes back, and he's like, well, I'm leaving. And Gandalf's there, of course. Mm-hmm. And Gan... Uh, Bilbo tries to sneak off with the ring in his pocket. And this is the first time, as like a reader, the ring as like something that has power 
uh, we see. And it's sort of vague. I mean, it's it's like impossible to read this section now knowing the ring is controlling him, trying to get him back to Sauron. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think it's I think the scene is really good. Like the after all, why shouldn't I keep it? It's like it's mine, and he explodes at Gandalf, and Gandalf's like Gandalf's like I'll kill you. Like <laughs> I could kill you. It would be the least hard thing I've had to do today is kill you. It, it'd be really interesting to like read it and not know what the ring is. Like not in like oh I like the Hobbit. Let's read this Lord of the Rings thing because like yeah. it's impossible to know now and like having seen the movie like what yeah, and that experience Bilbo would be like. Like this, you're like what the mm-hmm. fuck? This not it's not my Bilbo bag. God damn it. Uh, but Bilbo does leave, and he does leave the ring with Frodo. And then 17 years go by. Yeah, that's a lot of time between the first and the second chapter. Yeah, In the they, movie, it's like two, It's like the next day, right? Yes. Yeah. Or that's what it seems like. You know, Gandalf goes and gets captured by Sauron and, and whatever. And we see all that in the movie, but at no point is there like... 17 years there's like no they never actually say that in the movie well, and, I, and i had forgotten that i didn't i'd forgotten that like that's why he doesn't meet them throughout this whole journey yeah but he 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 thinks he's got an inkling about the ring gandalf does so he leaves uh to go be a be a history nerd and study a bunch mm-hmm. of bullshit and then 17 years later he kicks open the door to bilbo or frodo <laughs> frodo's house bag end and takes his precious gold ring and throws it in a in a fire <laughs> <laughs> look at the letters look <laughs> i knew it uh and it is confirmed that it is not only a ring of power but Probably and deeply, unfortunately, the <laughs> one ring, the one ring to rule them all, if you will. And then there's a big info dump. Yes, there's big with everything lore. you need to know. There's big lore that is a uh, scene at the beginning of the movie, uh, the f- movie with uh, mm. what with Isildur and uh, Isildur's how, folly and all that. Yeah, how the ring like went from Sauron, and then who killed Sauron, and then like the ring got lost, and then Gollum found it, and. All that stuff. And yeah. Gandalf has spent 17 years trying to figure this all out. Yep. And they're talking and uh, uh, Frodo notices that he can't hear Sam, his uh, gardener, cutting the leaves anymore, which I really love. And then Gandalf rips him into the, like, pulls him from the window into the house and it's Samwise Gamgee and he's been eavesdropping. I'm a little uh, sad that Gandalf doesn't throw around the hobbits a little more because they're very small. Yeah. <laughs> and I would uh, do that all the time if I lived yeah, with the hobbits. Could, I just like yeah. pick them up and move them. <laughs> You're going over here now. Just put them in funny little places. Uh, and and he forces Sam Gamgee. To, I love this part. He, Sam Gamgee realizes he's going to go see the elves, and then he immediately bursts into tears because <laughs> he's going to leave. I love I love Sam Gamgee. God damn it. He's such Sam, a... Sam loving the elves yeah. was like, I'm like, oh, Sam. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that was part, of, that was another big moment where I'm like, oh, I see why people like these books. Yeah. Yeah, I love <laughs> Like, they're that. not, like, lame and weird. No. <laughs> they're just like, oh, it's, like, very charming. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's their big plan. Gandalf's like, I gotta go again you've got to leave by the fall. And Frodo's like, I'm going to procrastinate as much as humanly possible before I have to leave. <laughs> and, and now, maybe you can help me, Danilo. I've yeah. always thought his, Frodo's plan is stupid. <laughs> like, his plan. <laughs> He's going to walk with his friend, his friends, all the way to the place where he's moving 
and then just what? Just like wait till they leave and then he's gone? They're going to go back to the house and just realize he's gone? Like, I, I've never. It was never. I wonder if it like delay. Like, I, in, in my mind. So the plan was to like. Gandalf was like, oh, if you just leave right now, people would be suspicious. And then like. The word might get back that you left and you'd be easily tracked or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Gandalf's like, okay, what you're going to do is move across yeah. <laughs> the uh, to the next state over. Yeah, pretty much. And so you're going to sell Bag End to the Sackville Bagginses, the SBs, as yep. they're referred to, which sounds like a slur. I'm sure a swear of some kind. <laughs> like, I feel like it's short I mean, for like son of a bitch, right? The yeah. SBs. <laughs> he's cute. You know, there's no cursing in this book, but he does what he can. <laughs> Yeah, and then so he's going to move to another place, and then when he gets there, he's going to, like, wait a day and then leave from there. Because I guess leaving from a place you just moved to is more mysterious? Well, I guess I guess the plan is to get it to Rivendell. And, you know, we haven't read mm-hmm. this part yet, but turns out that Rivendell meeting doesn't go the way everybody thinks it's going to go, and I guess all the hobbits have to go further than they thought, meaning all the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was never the original plan, I oh, don't did, think. Was, it, was the original plan really just like, hey, get it to Rivendell, and then Elrond will tell you what to do. Yeah, but then uh-huh, Elrond's okay. like, I, you gotta... I've <laughs> got bad news, buddy. Um, so they so they leave. I like this. There's a moment in the Shire, though, where they were... Uh, who's he talking to? The, 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 the tally... Is it the tally man? Or is it the... Is it Samwise's father? Somebody overhears a conversation with, like, the creepiest man of all time asking questions. Uh, which yeah, I, like, about Baggins. Yeah, which I love. Uh, one of the, the Nazgul, one of the Black Riders, um, mm-hmm. is there. I like how talkative the Black Riders are in this. Uh, they're like yeah. a little creepy, like freak. I don't know. They're like they're talking to everyone. They're knocking on doors. <laughs> they're just asking and everyone, questions, and the, no one is like oh, too concerned. Like yeah. that was weird. <laughs> yeah, and like the way they're described later, the way they move and like oh, they're almost like bug like, like dementors. The <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, hey, do you know where Frodo is? And they're like, no, nope, haven't seen him. And nobody really cares. <laughs> it's very good. And then, and then like several days later, someone's like, yeah, there's some some weird, some guy was like asking about you. He was like, can you describe him? <laughs> oh, he was the scariest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I liked how the, um, now I get why people like, like the Shire. Because in my movie only brain, it's all just hobbiton and hobbit holes but like oh there's distinct little areas where the people are different and different families are there and i like the description of um what's the place that they go to where mary and pippin are from brandy yeah brandy 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 buck Buck. uh 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 brand it's like the brand oh shit whatever and then like it's described as they have like the manor and like the families have lived there forever and it's like the lord of brandy wine or something yeah i like i loved all that yeah Yeah, I know, and, like, they don't all live in holes. Like, there are houses, but they're, like, one story, which I think is funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you get a lot... I mean, obviously, right, it's a book, but the whole place... It's obviously very well thought out, you know, the Shire and and all the surrounding areas, and uh, you really get a sense of them. Because we talked about this in The Hobbit. It feels like they take one step and they're in fucking Mirkwood, (laughs) you know? It's like, what the... But 
In this, or like in really the middle of a it. paragraph, they're like, and two days passed, and then Gandalf showed up, and you're like, right. But you really get everything in every like step of the journey, and I think it's because they're constantly being waylaid by some danger, which it wasn't really happening to the hobbits. Like they're being hunted by the the Nazgul, and so they have to take alternate routes, and they get lost, and they go on wacky adventures. And I like that, like they're they aren't even sure, like what it is they just sort of know like oh that's not good yeah. and like gandalf like won't tell them because if he does they'll be like more scared and might like make another mistake or something and so like it's this weird thing where like as a reader you're like oh this is not good and they're all sort of i mean they're like worried about it but you know not as worried as i you know not as worried as I would be if I were in that situation. Yes. They they're well they're brave. They're so brave. Mm-hmm. And that's something I love. I love how brave they are in the face of the 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 the, the black riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they're really... like okay, we'll do what we have to do and yeah. we're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um so they're moving to Frodo's moving to Crick Hollow and he's taking Sam Gamgee who knows the truth and is going to go with him to see the elves and Peregrine Took is also coming, uh, but he thinks that he's just helping his friend move. Except he really doesn't. He actually does know about the ring because Sam told him. <laughs> I Sam love told all everybody. the stuff that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's revealed after he moves that all his friends have known about this the whole time and have been talking about it to each other. <laughs> yeah. And he's like sad, but also he thinks it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like understandably like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I thought I was being like secretive. And that's when I'm like, oh, they're friends. It's not like, yeah, because it's weird in the movie. It feels like you know, Marion Pippin are kind of dumb, <laughs> and yeah. then Sam is like his servant, and you're like, this is a weird dynamic. Yeah, but like in the book, you're like, oh, it's a little bit. It's more indifferent than that, and that sort of comes across in the scenes that are cut for the movie. You know. By, yeah. I think by necessity and probably for the best, but I, I love I liked it more in the book. It just made me like the main characters better. Right. Um so they eventually get to uh farmer farmer maggot. Uh mm-hmm. well I go okay. They're they're being chased by the black riders and then they, they find all the elves and they meet Gildor and Glorion. <laughs> And Sam is just like crying the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He's like, wow, the elves. Yeah, it's awesome. They're even I better than I could imagine. I love that. I like started tearing up and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. based, based on what I know what's coming in this story, I'm like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, it starts out very innocent. Gildor, and the, they do sort of have like a weird, dark conversation where he's like, where he's like, you know what's following you, right? But then he's like, no. And he's like, Gandalf didn't fucking tell you? And he's like, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> he's like, you're gonna poop your fucking pants if I tell you what's happening to you. I love that. And he's like, okay. And they're like, hey, what'd you and Gildor talk about? And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> he's the no most confusing. telling me anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's frustrating. But they eventually get to Farmer Maggot, who in the movie is a mean old man, but is actually really nice in the book. He's a great guy, okay? They yeah, invite, he invites him in. Best chapter name ever, I have to say, called A Shortcut to Mushrooms. Yep. I thought that was lovely and sweet. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> and that, is, and that is doesn't come good. across in the movie. It's like, I was very charmed by everything. Oh, yeah, it's super charming. Because it's like fairy tale. So we meet. Yeah. It, so Farmer Maggot, he's a. This is, this is all good stuff, you know. We meet Farmer Maggot, they have dinner. Uh, they was like, oh, I'll take you to Buckleberry Ferry. They get, they get, oh, they get a little scared by Mary, but it's just Mary. It's not, it's not really a dark rider. It's all good. 
uh, and then they finally get to the house at Crick Hollow, and Frodo's like, guys, I have to be honest with you, I'm leaving, and they're like, yeah, we know, when we're coming with you. We're gonna take you the whole way, which I love. I love that part. I love Great. that they're they're in it. Yep. Um, after Crick Hollow, um, they are again waylaid by Black Riders, and Frodo's like, "Oh, I can't wait." Is it Mary? One of them is like, "No, you idiots. We'll just go through the old forest. It's right there. <laughs> Such an easy shortcut." <laughs> and isn't isn't Mary like? I know it. I've been in there once or twice. Yeah. I can get us through it. <laughs> yeah. That was so so much of this part I did not expect to be just the plan for taking a, a path. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we can't take the road because we could be seen on the road. Let's take the shortcut. And it's like, oh, let's go south of this hill. And we know that the river's there. And it it. And it didn't feel super slow because, like, the way I feel like he, like, paced out, like, the sense of threat of, like, there could be a black rider around any corner, you know? Yeah. I I really like that. But it also makes sense why they (laughs) cut this out of the movie because it's basically a hike. (laughs) Yeah, but Old Man Willow, Danilo. Here we meet Old Man Willow. And Tom Bombadillo, who we will talk extensively about. (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to say quickly, there's this... um, uh, Let me see her name. Uh, Oh, yeah. Jenny Turner. Okay, so in 2001, a scholar named Jenny Turner uh, uh, wrote that the Lord of the Rings, quote, was suitable for vulnerable people. You can feel secure inside it, no matter what is going on in the nasty world outside the merest weakling can be the master of this cozy little universe even a silly furry little hobbit can see his dreams come true and she talks about the five frodo's five homely houses which is an idea of like an adventure in this book and how it's constructed which i think is really interesting Mm -hmm. because it it i think the reason that this is so effective is because it there it, it really now i can't believe i'm about to say this it truly is the dark souls of fantasy novels. <laughs> now, <laughs> if you'll let me. So imagine that the homely houses are like bonfires, right? Mm-hmm. We have Bag End. Bag End to Crick Hollow. There's, there's conflict that happens while they're still in the Shire with the Black Riders. But they get to Crick Hollow and then everything is good. So like they've reached... That's two homely houses, Bag End and Crick Hollow. The third so one bon- being... Wait, 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 can I interrupt you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but for anyone who's listening to this and doesn't know, a bonfire oh. is a checkpoint in Dark Souls, in the video think, game Dark Souls. I think everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast knows, whether listening or not they played it before, a, they know. A fantasy podcast, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings, but just in uh, case. So then there's like, there's always an incredibly safe place, an incredibly dangerous place, and then an incredibly safe place. So there's like an, there's a charitable, like rising action, climax, falling action five Mm -hmm. separate times throughout this first book, because in part, like this was like the first part of the first book. And I think that that like the, the, the action that happens does get more and more dangerous. We have the Shire, um... With a couple interactions with the Black Riders, we have the Old Forest, where two of them almost die because a tree kills them. The Barrow Downs, which we'll talk about, obviously. And then 
Weathertop and the the flight to the Ford, which is, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Frodo, the main character, almost dies in that. So we get, like, and then there's, like, a reset. And this is also... And then they end in Rivendell. Right. And that's also, it, it, thinking about it in, like, a analysis sense, it's then interesting to call it the last homely house of, El- mm-hmm. of Elrond, because it literally, on Frodo's journey, is, unfortunately, the last time they will be guests anywhere <laughs> well i ha- and i have something to piggyback off of that i thought it was super yeah. interesting because um like what we talked about last time with you know tolkien's conception of like the disc catastrophe and the you catastrophe oh, yeah, where yeah. like random things which i think to modern readers reads like a deus ex machina like oh they're in trouble and in danger and then something comes along and saves them and takes them to some perfectly safe place i think if like if you know that that's sort of the conception of the storytelling that makes it a lot easier to read because you're not trying to put some like framework of this is a modern like thriller action movie story and that and sort of coupled that with the idea that it was really kind of i don't know almost powerful to read that like in these safe places like you you have no like sense that it would be unsafe like there's no like oh like they're fine with tom bombadil you know yeah. like you just it's like a feeling thing and that like these are places where like oh they can like enjoy the pleasures of life they can like have a bath they can like have a meal and there's no sense like that that's bad or like they should feel guilty or like right, that will yeah. lead them to be in more danger which in like you'd think in like modern writing it's like oh you have to surprise the protagonists when they're least expecting it and that's when danger strikes you know but like yeah. this story doesn't operate on that level and i no, not really like that because even when it does it, it which it only happens one time in this section they have aragorn the most capable person of all time <laughs> like there to <laughs> to protect them uh, yeah so the old forest uh old man willow which mm-hmm. is just a tree almost kills Merry and Pippin. Yeah, he tries to eat them. He, like, absorbs them. I was like, all right, well, this isn't in the movies. (laughs) No. They've actually talked about this. Uh, I think there's an interview with Peter Jackson who was like, I am really bummed we couldn't put Old Man Willow into it. (laughs) I was reading that, and I'm like, he's a tree, and they try to light it on fire, and then there's a guy, I'm like, pump this shit straight into my veins. I love this nonsense. It's awesome. And then we meet a man whose coat is blue and his boots are yellow, baby. Tom Bombadil enters the story. Danilo. And he has a song. Oh, he does have a song. Did you read the song? I did read the song. Yes. I've been, I was, this whole section, I'm better about the songs. I've been reading the songs. I may have zoned out in the middle of the songs and not gone back to read the parts (laughs) I zoned out on. But I'm getting better. Yeah, that's good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Uh, Danilo, this is your first experience with... Uh, everybody's favorite Lord of the Rings character, yes. Tom Bombadil. What did you think of this whole chapter? Unironically amazing. I loved yeah. every second of it. I love it too. He's <laughs> it a big great. weird freak. It's the whole, like, I think once you're clued into like, oh, this is like sort of an episodic fairy tale. And so you can sort of enjoy the sections as they come and all yeah. like their fun and weirdness. And like, this was great. And he's looking after some river spirit named Goldberry. Yeah. His his trad wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom Bombadil's like, I don't know. I'm just always here. I'm, yeah, I'm the warden of this forest, and you know, my songs can fix everything. Yeah, <laughs> I like um, 
the most famous thing I think that happens in this section is that he's like, you mean this ring? And he's just like holding it and it has oh, no... Oh, yeah, it doesn't affect it just doesn't, him. And he yeah, like looks through anything. it. Amazing. Yeah. Love he's it. He's like hiding it and he's like, oh, oh, it's right here. <laughs> um... I love he I, the it's described. I just have to to read this now. It, it mm-hmm. happens in the Council of Elrond, but Frodo's like they're like, "What do we do with the ring?" And Frodo immediately he's like, "Let's just go back and give it to Tom Bombadil." And Gandalf <laughs> says, and "Gandalf says that the ring has no power over him, and so that he would just like lose it. He would just and then the bad guys would find it, <laughs> which is very funny." What do you think? Like, why is this here? It is not, aside from being like a fun adventure, so it is not you mentioned something just offhand on the last episode where you were like, oh, you know, thinking about Tolkien and nature and like the relationship of, you know, humans and living beings to nature. And like, I was really sort of clued into that as part of the worldview, especially in this part, because there's lots of descriptions about nature and the the environment of the Shire is really, you know, fleshed out and described in the different parts of it. And then when they leave, like, there's all these descriptions of nature and stuff. And I think, at like, Tom Bombadil as a character who almost, like, perfectly, like, personifies being, like, at one with nature. Like, he has his own little area that he's, like, the total master of, but he, like, doesn't try to impose his will on things or control things. And, you know, the ring doesn't bother him because he's, like, he's sort of like a Buddha. He's, like, enlightened. He doesn't need anything more. He just has his little area and it's all fine. And he's like at one with nature, basically. Yeah. There's a, and he has a trad wife, Rivers Pierce. There's a, there's a, a scholar. Her name is Verlene. There's a lot of Tolkien scholars out there. If you, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, Verlene Flieger, I think is how, is how you would say it. I don't actually know, but she says like Tom Bombadil, just like what you were saying Danilo, because he is in tune with nature if you think of like Sauron's antagonist, if Sauron mm-hmm. is the protagonist of his story, then the ultimate antagonist couldn't be Aragorn, like the person he would fight on the battlefield, or Gandalf, the person like he is spiritually at war with, but it would have to be Tom Bombadil, because he mm. just like lives as one with nature and seems to be some sort of like Dutch folklore immortal being. Right. Uh, uh, and and his indifference to an object that only exists to dominate and control other things has no if like he doesn't care about that. Yeah, it's like not like it like it doesn't even enter into his worldview as something to do or want or anything. Yeah, so like if the whole world were to be, ta- he would ne- Sauron would never be able to aside from like killing him outright be able to. Can like make Tom Bombadil part of his army or like enslave right. him, enslave him somehow. And I think putting a character like this might at first, like if you don't think about it, it might seem really bizarre to just have this character right at the be, pretty much at the beginning of the first yeah. book, and and to have him have sort of like indescribable power over the most powerful mm-hmm. object of all time and then just sort of move on. But I think it's a good, like, I, I don't really think it's out of place because you're, you're establishing that no, there is like an unassailable, like thing to strive for in this world. And it is right. Tom Bobadil. 
and you're and you're like thinking of Tom Bombadil the whole time, or like, oh, does this world have other Tom Bombadils? Because it's so right, random, yeah. you know. And so, like, oh, it's possible that there's all these little pockets of people of like beings like Tom Bombadil in this yeah, world. Yeah, there might be more. Yeah, and so it like sort of adds that level of it. Yeah, which I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was no, I, I was expected great. it to be like the prologue where people talk about it like it's they you know do, we're on this yeah. great adventure and then you hit this thing like a brick wall and it's like why are we here but like I didn't I did not have that experience at all. No, I think it's great. Now when they hang when they sing a whole song about taking a bath. Now that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I wanted I I read the part and I wanted to take a bath. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. It worked. <laughs> Um, it so worked. He's trying. He's trying to get people to take baths. <laughs> Him and his trad wife are trying to. They're like swingers. They're trying to get you. Like maybe like we saw you from across the uh, the bar in Bree. We like, or you want to come back like to your vibe. Bath? We like your vibe, man. My coat is blue and my boots are yellow. Uh, you know what that means. <laughs> you know what they say about big boots, right? You know what they say about yellow my, boots? This is my Tom Bombadil impression. Yeah, you know, uh, he talks like he sounds like Putty from Seinfeld. <laughs> you know what they say about yellow boots? Yellow penis. <laughs> I have a yellow penis. Uh, so they leave um, the refuge of Tom's house, and Tom Bombadil's like, "Okay, I live right next to Big Graveyard. Don't go into." They're gonna it. try to steal you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're going to try to take your soul. quick. Yeah, just run right through it. And they instantly get lost in the fog and fall asleep and wake up. And I think this is the part where the it no longer feels like a children's book anymore. Yeah, that was that part of the fog was, like, scary. I'm yeah. like, oh, what? And they're like, wait, he's alone? Like, as someone who's never, like, read this before, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's really... The first time I read this, I was like, holy sh where the fuck is this? Because <laughs> uh, he's like yelling for his friends and nobody's answering. And then it finds them like they wake up uh, and they've been like stun locked on the ground. Mm -hmm. dressed uh, in like the, some, some lich has cast hold person on them. Yes, exactly. No, that's exactly what's happened. And uh -huh. they're dressed in like ancient like knight's garb, like staring uh -huh. at the ceiling. And then like a big scary hand holding a sword is going to like slit all their throats. Uh, but then the power of music. Uh, <laughs> well, Frodo like ha finds his like dagger or whatever and like yeah, he hits cuts the hand. The Hand. And he's like, all right, Tom Bombadil's nearby. And he sings a little song, and Tom Bombadil appears and saves them all. Yeah. Again, you know, a, a, a creature of unassailable good. Mm -hmm. Just just using the power of his being there to get rid of uh, something evil and, and twisted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so then we get to Bree. Well, and then they're like, um, and then Tom Bombadil's like, Maybe I should have helped you a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And he, like, <laughs> takes them a little further and gives them a pony who is my favorite character, fantasy character of all time, <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin. Yes. I'm all in on Fatty Lumpkin, the yeah. boss horse. Yep, Fatty Lumpkin, baby. Oh, uh. my God. I just love that. <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin and Thank You Very Much are, like, my two favorite parts of this. It's There's amazing. There's some good names. There's some great names in here. No. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so they get to the village of Bree, and they go, they're hanging out, they're drinking in a bar, and they're like, uh, 
Oh, well, I guess before they get to Bree, there's a mean old man who doesn't let him in. And he's like, my, they're like, what's your name? And Frodo's big ruse is that his last name is Underhill and not mm-hmm. Baggins. As if that's, they're looking for four hobbits. Like, oh, it's it can't be those <laughs> hobbits. His name's Underhill. Like, they don't. Well, because they, they're like well, evil they creatures. Think, they like, old, last old, names. Yeah. The only thing the Black Riders know is the name Baggins. Or let's, but that's what they think they do. So like, oh, if we just right. I don't guess. tell them that, then we're He's fine. He's got to know their hobbits not too, though. They've got to. They've seen them. <laughs> they like ran away from them. Uh, anyway, uh, they eventually get let in, and and the, the the town of Bree is like, I don't know. The vibes are vibes are off, but the innkeeper's a nice guy. And he's it's they're a, getting it's drunk. A, it's a D and D town. It is. It is a D and D town. It's cool how it's described. How like the hobbits and the men and the dwarves like live in peace, and the hobbits are a little different, and they all like talk to each other. And there's like some infrastructure made for yeah. the hobbits because like there's a hobbit population. I thought all that was really cool because in the movie they're in Bree for like two seconds. Yes. There's a whole innkeeper, and then there's another guy, and then there's this guy, Bill, who's, like, mean to them, and there's a whole subplot where they're like, whoa, we can't stay in the room that's by the windows, and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, there's a moment, as soon as they enter, like, a, a, a scary shadow climbs over the wall mm-hmm. after them, uh, but turns out it's not, not really a scary shadow, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, the coolest guy of all time. It, yeah, it sure is. So they're so they're drinking in the bar and they're hanging out. And Bilbo and uh, Frodo goes, uh, "Hey, uh, innkeep, who's that uh, sexy uh, king in the corner over there?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, he's badass. Uh, he's the coolest uh, liter- literary character ever. He's the Greek ideal of the perfect man. Uh, his name is Strider. Mm-hmm. We call him." Um, and he's a ranger. Right. That is the D&D class that he yes. chose. Yes. <laughs> his name is Str- his name is Strider slash Aragorn. His class is ranger, but he's he doesn't have a, a, a an animal companion, unfortunately. Yeah. And then and then uh, Frodo says, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll do magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell a big story and then do magic." Because uh, Pippin, you know, they're all getting drunk, and and uh-huh. Pippin's like, "Yeah, I know Baggins. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's right there." And then, uh, in order to distract from this, Frodo stands up on the table and starts giving speeches, and they're all hanging out. <laughs> and then uh, catastrophe strikes. Danilo, would you like to describe what happens to to Frodo Baggins here? Doesn't Frodo like like fall like sort of fall? He's like yeah. dancing, and then he falls, but then like accidentally the ring slips on and he vanishes, yeah. and then everyone's like. Well, these hobbits are magic, and we hate them now. Yes, and he backs up to invisibly. He backs up under the table and takes his ring off. And Aragorn's like, "Are you fucking stupid?" <laughs> or I could be mixing it up. I think that's what and happens when in the, the party movie. stops. Like that's a total over. buzzkill. Like yeah. when, when when one guy, guy disappears. disappears, it's like the party's <laughs> over. We've gone. It's gotten too crazy. Uh, and Aragorn Frodo calls tries him to over. brush it off. He's like, "I'm yeah. just over here." Yeah, and they're like. <laughs> Shut up. You still doesn't Shut up. You vanished. <laughs> uh, and I think when that happens, like, a couple suspicious characters leave. Mm-hmm. Leave the inn. Because they're they're described as being suspicious, and you as the reader can probably infer they're going to inform some dark servant. Because of... it, it's implied or said that, like, oh, the Black Riders have been here, like, asking about things or, like, asking certain people about 
things and offering rewards, right, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and there's and there's like the newcomers. Uh, there's like one particularly shifty one among them that is described right. that disappears after everything goes down. The other Bree people like don't know super well, right? Yeah, and so so they get a. Aragorn takes Frodo up to his hotel room, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have a conversation. He's like, "Trust me, please trust me." Yeah, I love I love this part. So, so Aragorn is trying to convince Frodo that he's on the level, and then mm-hmm. and then the rest of the hobbits come in, and Sam's like, oh, "How how can we trust you?" And Aragorn's like. Again, just poor Sam. He's like, I could kill you. I would have done it already. Like, if I, if I were an agent of evil, you would all be dead. Like, his sword's, like, already in his hand. Uh, and then uh, the innkeeper comes in with the... Uh, the, inke- the innkeeper was constantly talking about, like, there's something I thought I should remember to yeah. tell you, and it was important. Ugh. And it's always described as, like talking and distracted and then isn't it that moment he comes in he's like oh that's right i have a letter for you from gandalf and like oh come on dude it's the letter identifying i feel like not everybody i think i have it marked i feel like a lot of people don't right realize this is from the lord of the rings uh it's the it's the all that is gold does not glitter not oh, yeah. all those who wander are lost that's from Lord of the Rings baby so if you see a bumper sticker that says not all those who wander are lost and what do they do they hike yeah whatever <laughs> dude but this is the I like this passage because it's supposed to identify uh, Strider as as a friend and the end this poem is so this is awesome I'm just gonna read the whole thing great uh, well I'm gonna read the the letter actually I think this is this is all good. He was supposed to give it uh, way, but be- way before the like the, in the uh, summer, and, and yeah. in, it, in it, Gandalf's like, "Don't wait until the fall. Yeah. Go now." Yeah. The letter reads, "Dear Frodo, bad news has reached me here. I to say very good. I want. I must go off at once. You had better leave Bag End soon and get out of the Shire before the end of July at the latest. It's like November." Uh, I will return as soon as I can, and I will follow you. If I find that you are gone, leave a message for me here, if you pass through Bree. You can trust the landlord. Oh, Mr. Butterbur. That's right. Mm, that's right. You may, you may meet a friend of mine on the road, a man, lean, dark, tall, by some called Strider. He knows our business and will help you. Make for Rivendell. There I hope we may meet again. If I do not come, Elrond will advise you. P.S. Do not use it again. Not for any reason whatever. <laughs> do not tread by night. And then it says PPS. <laughs> Make sure that his real name is Strider. There are many strange men on the roads. His true name is Aragorn. And then he writes this poem. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadow shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Which is just fucking awesome. Fucking man. epic. And not so they're like, You're the king? You're the king of Gondor? <laughs> not. <laughs> huh? And he's like, guys, guys. <laughs> he's like, this broken sword? I- I'm just kidding. He's like, I'm just messing around. He's like, I'm Aragorn, son of Arathorn. <laughs> yeah, this is Andril, the flame of the West. No big deal. It's broken right now. <laughs> but uh, it's not gonna be broken for very long, so don't worry about it. <laughs> So he's like, all right, we got. Oh, I. Oh, uh, before they leave, uh, the there's a there's a f- sort of like a what's going on in the rest of the world part where, uh, bl- they're the Black Riders are officially fed up being nice, and they, like, 
they creep into the the house the was it farmer is it farmer maggot's house i can't remember somebody's house and they're and they're like where's frodo maggots i want to know where he is now <laughs> and then he sprints out the back door and sounds a big alarm it like shouts mm. through a horn and is like fire awake there's enemies here awake and th- for all these i mean we can make this side note now I mean, these are old books, and he was a old British man. It's very funny. They always describe them as the black men, just <laughs> yes. the black men. That <laughs> yeah. black man was being evil, or <laughs> yeah. that yeah. black man was looking suspicious. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, my. I think my favorite. But they're dressed in black. Yes, yes, that is important. <laughs> they are dressed in black, but it is. There's a lot of like sentences where it's like queer black people were here. Right. And it's like yeah. what? <laughs> Huh? The, the the black men outside were very queer. <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, there, there's a. We see it in the movie. We there's the. This is the bit in the movie that I think I like how this the the fake out is actually also in the book, but where the Nazgul did find like where their original bedroom was, and like Aragorn had set up like a funny like Ferris Bueller asleep. Uh, oh yeah that's right and the the nazgul fucked them up and like stabbed it and then realized that they weren't there and so they left um but they did they decided not to check the rest of the building where they were and just left (laughs) yeah they just had to leave but they scared all the ponies away danilo (laughs) patty lumpkins (laughs) i'm all i am more invested in all these ponies because they talk about like where are they getting the ponies and who in town has the ponies and what their names are it's and important how they're Bill's, feeling yeah. and the, the, old the pony lore a plus old bill fernie is convinced to give them a pony he's like fine you can have my weak dying old pony but it's actually not weak but then didn't they still pay like three times over market price for they it did. or something like that they did they paid a lot of money and then mr butterberg gave sam or uh uh mary a bunch more silver pieces and he's like i'm ruined <laughs> but he felt bad because <laughs> oh, he lost there the horses like, wasn't there, there's like a paragraph right after that which is oh it turns out all the ponies ran away and then yeah. they sort of wandered back and then uh mr butterberg got them all back so really he was uh uh, up on the transaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these idiots were long gone then, those fucking morons. That's Tolkien saying, like, just be nice to people. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. Just be nice to people. <laughs> uh, Strider, also known as Aragorn, leads the... He knows the wilds, and so he's like, you guys mm-hmm. gotta stop taking the highway. Uh, they're just gonna find you. I'll lead you through the wilds. We're gonna go to a place called Weathertop. Um, and they're like, why? And it's like, because we can see for a lot, we can camp there and we can see everywhere. So we can see if a bunch of people dressed in dark cloaks at nighttime sneak up on us. Wrong. <laughs> 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 Idiot. This guy's a ranger. Give me a fucking break. Um, Danilo, uh, would you like to describe, uh, the cool thing that happens at Weathertop <laughs> to uh, Yeah, so they get to Weathertop <laughs> and it's a place where you stick out like a sore thumb <laughs> <laughs> and then they're standing around for a long time, and then the Nazgul see them. Yep, naturally, and then, duh. And then Strider's like, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have stood up that long." <laughs> he, like, actually says it. I know, I love it. Uh, uh, it's literally they, but, just a big tower in a field. Like, literally, uh, that is what it is. But they find uh, like some runes that maybe imply that Gandalf was here and like a camp. Yeah, and they can't go on further, so they. Uh, they camp well, there. And, uh, and Frodo also sees a wizard duel happen in the distance. 
Uh, oh yeah, there's like the lights, like fireworks or something. Which is <laughs> like, uh, like lights in the yeah. It's Sauron and Gandalf fighting each other, but Ooh. he doesn't know that yet. Sauron or Saruman? So, sorry, Saruman. Saruman mm-hmm. and Gandalf. Uh, so the Nazgul they show up. Uh-oh. Mm, and, uh oh. And uh, to the to their bonfire on top of the hill in the big field. Yeah, they did light a huge fire. Well, they got to cook, you know, uh, potatoes. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fresh crispy bacon. That's that part. Fresh crispy bacon. Put it out, you fools! Put it out. <laughs> They make their way up uh, Weathertop and Strider. He fights literally nine Nazgul off by himself. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the, your first, if you don't know anything, this is your first inclination where you're like, oh, this guy is not messing around. This guy's <laughs> the coolest guy ever. Or like the Nazgul aren't messing around. Like they will kill people. They're just not. Yeah. Because some of, some of the time it's like, oh, they're scared by fire. So like, we'll be fine. Like they're sort of seen as you know, weak, and they sort of are when they're alone, but it's, I don't know, like, the 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 threat level of the Nazgul is very, like, weird, sort of, throughout. Yeah. I don't know if that maybe, like, it just reflects the, the Hobbit's view of them, or, like, you know, what sort of the source of their power is. Like, because if it's just one by themselves, like, they're not, they're also, like, kind of cowards, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and this is also, uh, you know, before Frodo gets stabbed here by a Morgul yep. blade. Because he um, puts on the ring. He's like, oh, I have to put on the ring. He, like, feels this huge right. compulsion for them to put on the ring. And he, like, hears a voice in their head. And he's like, oh, if I do it, I can escape. But instead, he, like, sees their true form. And they can see him even better. And they stab him in the shoulder. Just because like the movie. Because the ring doesn't turn you invisible. It shifts you into, like, a different plane. Where, like, Astral these... plane. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where the, where the uh, like, whites and these, like, spirits can see you more clearly. That's why That's why the ring is constantly wanting to be put on. So it can be found easier. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, so he gets stabbed, unfortunately, and it's like not. It's described as like not like maybe how it would normally feel to be stabbed. <laughs> like it's like cold. It's like yeah. searing cold. And then and then yeah, so I mixed it up. He gets stabbed, and then he like Frodo feels like the compulsion to pray to like elder gods. He's like, oh, Elbereth Gelthoniel. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, but it doesn't work, and then. <laughs> Right before he passes out from the pain and the ring falls from his finger, that's when Aragorn shows up with a flaming piece of wood and kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still... Oh, this is really... This is very good. I le- when Frodo wakes up, the first thing he says is, What has happened? Where is the Pale King? Which is like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like, what? Whoa, buddy. <laughs> yeah. God, get this guy some water and a Pedialyte, man. This guy is fucked up. <laughs> That's what I, every night, every time I wake up hungover, where is, what has happened? Where is the pale king? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have sort of scary dreams throughout this section, which I don't think happens in the movie. And like, that was very concerning. Like he's, yeah. he's like, I had a dream that I was standing on top of the hill and like, I felt something rush by me in the dark and then I woke up and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Strider uses an herb, uh, Ethelos, uh, and he's like, this, this is, this is going to help, but you're going to be dead unless we can get you to, uh, heal you with elf, elven magics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they try to, they hurried to Rivendell, which suddenly seems a lot closer than it did before, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, they I'm run into the trolls from the Hobbit. They do. Yes. They pass the, the stone trolls. trolls. Uh, and they're, they're pursued again by 
of course, the Black Riders, all yep. of them in tow. But thank God they meet some dude named Glorfindel. Who's and an elf? Like an, yeah, he's like an elf who is in, you know, when we read the Silmarillion, we will see Glorfindel again. But oh, this okay. is the last we see of Glorfindel <laughs> in, the, in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, he is like, oh, I'll, I'll just take him. I probably I got a way cooler horse than you. I'm way yeah. Elrond sent you. a bunch of us out to like find you guys. So yeah, and Glorfindel we got it from here. found him. And they they t- he, they pursue uh, past the river Bru- Bru- uh, Bruinen, I think. Yeah, Bruinen, and Elrond summons a bunch of sweet water to fuck up the Nazgul. Something I like is that the Nazgul have literally like comic book weaknesses: <laughs> water, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, like paper, scissors. <laughs> scissors. <laughs> psychic damage. Yeah, psychic damage. Well, necrotic damage. Poison <laughs> ray. <laughs> this, that is... The ring sets out. That is yeah. what we Yeah, were... they get drowned by the water, and it looks like horses. And Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. In the movie, it's the character Arwen who does it, which mm-hmm. I guess makes more sense. <laughs> but, uh... Hell no! It's it's Glorfindel in, in this in in this one, baby. And then they and then and then Frodo sees that happen and then passes out. Yep, and he dies. And there he's in the rest of the book. So, <laughs> which is a real shame. <laughs> this I'm, I I am upset we didn't get to. We're so close to meeting the rest of the fellowship, but we will talk about yeah. that next time. Your Gimli's, mm-hmm. your Boromir's, your Legolas. Yep. But we have to talk about the chapter many meetings. That's true. We do have to talk about that chapter. I have a lot to say about that chapter. Oh, well then go ahead. <laughs> he just meet he get he wakes up Frodo wakes up in Rivendell and Gandalf is there and all his friends are there. Yeah. And Bilbo is there. And Bilbo they sing songs there. and make merry. Is this uh 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 this is when we this is when they actually find out Gan Gandalf's there. Yep. And he's like, yeah, so I guess I should tell you, probably tell you who the Black Riders are, huh? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> they're called the Nazgul. They're the nine kings of men doomed to die. Uh, yeah, he does another big info dump, and he's like, I was, I won't tell you where I was now, but I'll just say I was captured. <laughs> yeah, ooh. <laughs> well, and then, he, and, he, and then Bilbo's like, I would pay any amount of money to, or no, sorry, Frodo is like, I'll pay any amount of money to see Bilbo again. And Gaddaf's like... Mm, if only you could and then yeah. like the next page it's like who's that old man in the corner bilbo yeah bilbo looks fucked up he doesn't look so yeah, he's good he's really old the ring well and i think this is when he has the like the jump scare in the movie where he's like is, yeah so he's like show frodo shows him the ring and like the, a shadow appears over bilbo's face and he yeah, looks super cool. scary and frodo's like I'll just put this away now, Grandpa. <laughs> and um, they meet one of the dwarves. One of the they dwarves do. Is there. Glowin is here. Yeah, Glowin. And uh, Frodo asks, "So what's new?" And uh, <laughs> they're like, "Bomber is so fat now <laughs> that he can't even walk." <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's good. the big news from under the mountain. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we don't have anything else to talk about. I also have to say, I'm so glad that you told me that Lake Town is also called Esgaroth, or I would have been so fucking lost. Yeah, they do just say <laughs> that, that. They never make that explicit ever. I would have been like, was that a person? Is that is Esgaroth like a guy? Uh, Danilo, I think in this chapter we also have our longest song. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a long song. It that, is a long like, song. 
Sam improvises based off of nonsense. Whatever is that the same one? It's <laughs> is that a uh, different one? It's hang on, I have it here. It's it's Bilbo. Bilbo is cha- is like hanging out with the elves, and he's like chanting <laughs> verses. And they're like, Bilbo's like, I've been working on this new one. Elves, do you want to hear it? And they're like, we're always hear your songs, old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been working on this them. one with Strider. Strider. And like, oh, you, could you tell who wrote which part? <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This is exactly like what that that scholar is talking about. Like, this chapter yeah. is just here because like, oh, man, remember all that crazy shit that just happened? Anyway, here's Glowin and Bilbo singing songs. And all of our friends mm-hmm. are back and they're healthy again. Elrond uh, seems nice. He is nice. Yeah, yeah. he's he comes I, across like how, as mean on the movie. In the movie, do you like how he's described as being the most handsome man of all time, and then they cast Hugo <laughs> Weaving to play him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we do see Arwen, and she looks pretty similar to how she's described. Yeah, Lady Arwen. Uh, although I had this issue with elves, like the way they're described, because we get them from like the Hobbit's perspective, basically. That like. I guess I didn't I sort of knew that they're like they're like angels basically like aliens yeah. but like in my head like the movie they in the movie they had to be played by human beings right <laughs> and unfortunately, that's sort of, yes. unfortunately and like for me like that's like a limiting factor where like the way they're described in this book is like oh I see like what Tolkien's elves are now it's not yeah. just you know Liv Tyler <laughs> no they're like ether- they're like not it's yeah. almost like they, they don't belong here. It's not like a pretty here. lady, you know. No, they don't belong here. Like they, yeah. they actually don't. They're from a different entire like place. Uh, right. Well, and then I love the. I mean, this was from earlier, but they like all the elves are like moving west. Like they're all yeah. traveling west to go they're back done. to where they come from. The age of man is coming. The fourth age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, it makes more sense to me reading that they're like otherworldly and don't belong here than it is like and so then they wouldn't care what would happen to Middle Earth than like in the movies where like sort of on a gut level you're like but you're all people right <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it sort of feels more fantasy in the book you know yeah like Hugo like Weaving they... cares about what happens to Earth, and I know that on a gut right. level, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nobody is as good a good enough of an actor to convince you they hate the Earth. That they, yeah, that they hate the Earth and are aliens. Yes. Like they're gonna, it's gonna look like a person. <laughs> but they do think the ring it might be a serious problem. They're like, uh oh, because we can't, we can't peacefully. We might be immortal, but if we get stabbed in the head by a, a evil god, we will die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's it so far. Yeah. We have made it to the last homely house. Yeah, there's good stuff coming up. Council of Elrond is a long chapter, but I, I mean the the rest the rest of this book mo- like clips along. We mm-hmm. get to we get to talk about more uh, the Mines of Moria next week next Hell time. Yeah, which is very exciting. Which I mean, I was just overall surprised. I expected this first half of this first book to be a slog because it's always been described as a slog, but I I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I think when. I think before they leave the Shire, if you're not already bought in, it does take, mm-hmm. like, you do have to be like, okay. Or if you're, like I said before, if you're waiting for, like, just the plot beats of, like, where's the ring going? I'm waiting for my action sequences. Like, then I can see how it's not an enjoyable experience. But, like, once you're clocked into, like, the book's not strictly interested in that. 
no you know and so it's, i think once you get once you're clocked into like that's what the book that it, the book isn't interested in that and like is interested in other things i think it makes it a lot easier and more fun to read and just enjoy where they are in this adventure and if it is a bonfire or a homely house to yeah. be like oh this is fun and nice and these people are able to like chillax for a bit <laughs> yeah and don't worry you know sword fights they're coming mm-hmm. uh big battles and wars they're coming they're just not really in this one mm-hmm. uh until the until the end um of this book well moria too i guess but that's mostly a big creep he, he kills an <laughs> old man spoiler <laughs> <laughs> Was on the front 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 page of the paper of Middle Earth, big creep, yeah, <laughs> kills old man. old man. I think so. I think an interesting thing, like a a Hobbitism, if you will, is that Gandalf do- disappears from this book and like leaves the hobbits to go on their own adventure and figure yeah. it out. But I, I he comes back and is like obviously a main character. He dies, but comes back even then and is like in the books way way more than he is in the hobbit he's a main fucking character he's always with like aragorn uh and i think it's it it almost feels like tolkien's writing and is like well i need to get the uber powerful wizard out of the story or else there's no tension and then it almost (laughs) feels like he grows he's like no there can still be tension even if there's this like powerful being it just comes from like the things i've already set up we haven't done this yet but you've seen the movie you know boromir is like uh he he wants that ring baby he wants it now yeah. he, uh and like there can be tension explored through there it doesn't always need to be like mm-hmm. oh there's a big m- troll how are we gonna defeat it like that's not really what the conflict of these books are it's more like I, I would say the conflict is always like, oh my god, I'm scared. How do I not be scared anymore? And that like mm-hmm. that can that can mean a ton of different stuff. It it means yeah. Uh, it 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 ranges literally from like, oh, I'm nervous to talk to Farmer Maggot again to like, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to destroy. I have to literally climb up Mount Doom on my hands and knees and throw a ring into a volcano, like. <laughs> That is it. Like that is the the bar oh, yeah, for that's tension. Super in these interesting. Novels, yeah, which I think is good. And and then you can have like gods in your story because the gods can be Gandalf gets scared. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same. Yeah, which I love. If, who who is Sauron except Gandalf's farmer maggot? Right. He is nervous <laughs> to talk to Sauron. <laughs> he he was eating all Sauron's mushrooms. <laughs> and you know, at the end of the book, Sauron just says like, "It's okay, dude." Gives him a bunch of mushrooms. I like how in this book uh at least so far sauron like imagine if you if i don't know maybe your your dad you know Mm -hmm. tomorrow he's like your guitar he's like uh you You probably shouldn't play that anymore. And then he disappears for 17 years. (laughs) And then he comes back and he's like, so the devil is real and that's his guitar. (laughs) No, don't give it to me. (laughs) Then the devil's going to come. I'm going to play it. If you give it to me, I'm going to play it and I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Look... Like, uh, and, then, and then your dad's like, okay, so I know a guy in Chicago. I have to, I have to go. I know a guy in Chicago. Walk to Chicago. 
with the guitar, but don't play it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, why can't I? Why can't I fly to Chicago? And it's like it, it is too obvious. He, it, 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 the his instrument will emit a sound up there. He'll be able to hear it. <laughs> Holy shit! He's on the planes. The devil's the devil controls the planes. <laughs> yeah. You can but see the imagine, planes. Like the willingness of the hobbits to be like. Okay, I guess. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Sure. Like, the, yeah. there's. I really like how there's not. Sauron is such a vague threat, and yet really mm-hmm. feels like pretty legit. In that, he's like, if like Gandalf is scared of it, yeah, then you know it's bad. He would be vague. Like it's you know they talk about Mordor, and it's like, ugh, it sounds yeah. like murder. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, so probably bad. And like that's all. That's the only emotional thing they have of it you know yeah and that's like the tough part about like these stories are such in the public consciousness that like it's almost impossible to go back and people yeah. be like what this ring huh oh this might be a bigger deal that like you know like because you know the scope of the story so well it would yeah. be super interesting if someone has had that experience of being like yeah. i don't really know anything about it but i'm just gonna read the hobbit and then the lord of the rings and then be like oh my god they took it all the way to the mountain like can you imagine in the poem one ring to rule them all one ring to that when it's like nine rings for the mortal men doomed to die and then gandalf's mm. like it's the guys who've been following you can you imagine be like oh, oh shit I can- <laughs> Yeah. I know, yeah. Like that's crazy. That is uh, so cool to think about. And then and then late like uh oh you know what? I was gonna spoil something, but I think it might oh. just be in the book, so I'm not. But okay. we'll talk about Thank it. Thank you, I appreciate but there it. There are other moments like that where I, that aren't in the movie, so you might not actually know mm-hmm. and then be like, oh shit! Like the just like the world <laughs> fitting. I don't know. I love it. Well, I was surprised when I saw Glowin at Rivendell. I'm like, yeah. wait, who's this old dwarf? Wait. Gimli doesn't have white beard. Oh my god, it's glowing! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! I was surprised by Bilbo. I'm like, Bilbo's here! I know, it feels very... It's awesome. I love the fact that Bilbo's there and so old. That's mm-hmm. such a shame. Because like, yeah. hobbits don't really live for that long. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love the detail where Frodo... They were like, you know, anyone else, if they had a sliver of that blade in their shoulder, they would have died a long time ago, but you held out, Frodo. Yeah. And I'm like, aw... Yay, that's, yeah, he's awesome. that's my Frodo. I know. He's, he's not fucking, annoying. Frodo catches a lot of flack, but he's getting, he got stabbed by a Morgul blade and survived. He's I, the ring I get bearer, it. man. I get it in the in the books. People liking hobbits makes a lot more sense to yeah. me now. It's not, they're, yeah. They're stalwart little creatures, man. They got furry mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird detail, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> you got. They can't just be a small person. <laughs> no, they gotta have furry fucking feet. They I saw a funny feet. TikTok about that, and I was like, "They're brave," and by God, their feet. <laughs> <laughs> they're so big and hairy. <laughs> it's so they can walk quietly in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> they can sneak up on you. You don't know they're there. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh just uh, just something to look forward to. Uh, the Misty. We will return to the Misty Mountains uh, in the next the next part. Uh, and All it right. is the sole reason why, throughout my entire childhood, I always thought the Misty Mountains and the Lonely Mountain were the same thing. Also, uh, the Misty Mountains is also just in Faerun in D anD. d It's just called the Misty Mountains. Really? They <laughs> stole it. I just have to there's say, there's so that. many D anD. d thing where like there's there's basically Mirkwood. I don't think it's even yes. called Mirkwood, but it's like. Oh, that's the wood that's thick with the spiders. <laughs> yeah, it's 
you know what's funny is like if you're gonna do that like the middle earth feels like wild but if yeah you can't it's it feels like to just set like a I, I I've never understood the the compulsion to just make your fantasy world just this elves well, dwarves and, and like and the forest I, and I think that that's why going into this I expected it to be more generic because like you know this is where it all comes from and so it I I expected this to feel more like D and D just like yeah. a really basic D and D campaign but like it's it's not like it's a work of dare i say literature it sure like, is he's a good writer who wants to express certain things through this and like he chose his story structure very specifically like we talked about with like the fairy tales and he has his own world view on stories and he's like a scholar of these sorts of things and so it's very different than being like mm, they drink metal yeah yes it is <laughs> and you know unfortunately like all right, so you want to talk about fantasy world building? I mean, the prologue here is fucking is the fan that's fantasy world building right there. That is uh-huh. like no story in just these like I mean, oh, yeah. I, would, I would I wouldn't argue they're cool ideas, but <laughs> they are ideas. And and it's like it's all front loaded. And then it there's like be, none it should of be it. at the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it really should be at the end. Well, it'll be important at the end of the third book. Uh, to learn why the Shire has police, there, <laughs> there, there's a famous part of oh the, good these. No- <laughs> there's a famous part of these novels that's not in the movie because it's incredibly dark and violent, and it is in uh, it's in the last book, and we'll talk okay. about it. I actually don't remember if the Shire police are involved in it, but it is. It ha- it's called the Scouring of the Shire, is what it is I've, called. I've heard of it, and I've never. Yes. I've heard that the two things I've heard that aren't in the book are. Or that are aren't in the movies but are in the book are the scarring of the Shire and Tom Bombadil. So we've checked one off the list. We have They're at the beginning and the end. I also wanted to say something. I don't know. Like I liked that Sam or not Sam Frodo is like not a chosen one. Like yeah. for some reason, like I don't know. I I didn't make that connection, but for some reason, since this book is seen as sort of like the origin of fantasy tropes, like you think of Frodo as being the chosen one to do, to like destroy the ring, but no, it's really just like his grandpa happened to give it to him, yeah. you know, and he, he doesn't have any special powers. No, no. <laughs> and everyone's just like, the only reason someone more powerful doesn't have it is because if they did, it would be bad. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's why th- this is all the chapter of the Council of Elrond, but that's, like, why Aragorn isn't going to take it and why Boromir isn't going to take it, and it's why it just happens, like, the mind-melting part of it takes longer for Hobbit, so you have to do it. And, like, that's, I think, I don't know, that that's, like, a deliberate storytelling yeah. choice that, like, says something about the story you're writing. And I don't know if, like, this story gets credit for that and like maybe not the popular imagination because you know in the movies Frodo is the action hero of the action movie even though he doesn't do any action and it's kind of annoying and so yeah. like in in the book that whole oh he's not the chosen one he's just some random hobbit who has to like she just has to do this right 
He's the hero. He's not the chosen right. one. Right. The chosen one is Aragorn. Like, li- mm-hmm. actually, literally. Like, destined to be ki- the king again. And I like how uh, it is a it is a fascinating choice to not... I, I know this is like... This is like high concept. This is almost like a pointless track to go down. But it is an interesting choice to not make, like, Aragorn the main character. Because I feel yeah. like any other writer makes Aragorn the main character. Yeah, any other fantasy story, it's about Aragorn... Being like, hey, I'm supposed to be king. I'm gonna go and be awesome and be king. Yeah, it's he's like he'd be, he's like Paul Atreides basically yeah. from Dune. But it's like no, let's make it about the this little weirdo who's just like gonna have a really hard walk. And it's like what? <laughs> and I mean the the way that the books will work is like it will be sort of like a every other chapter is with the other people sort of thing okay. uh because they split up at the end of right. this novel i mean i know this novel is called the fellowship of the ring and flipping through it the last chapter is called the breaking of the fellowship so unfortunately <laughs> they also ne- i think never actually say we are now the fellowship of the ring it's always the company of the ring, ah, which I, I don't understand, but whatever. I'm like not British. Like in D and D, yes, just like D and D. They Wizards of the Coast are a bunch of hack scam artists. <laughs> they fooled everybody. <laughs> but hey, you know where is Fatty Lumpkin in D and D? I want Fatty Lumpkin. You could put him in it. You could make Fatty Lumpkin. I might. I, I might be starting a new D and D campaign with some friends, and so. I might have a little pony and name him Fatty Lumpkin. Very good, very good. I just have one uh, funny thing uh, to talk here, to talk about here. There was, for a brief period of time, a Lord of the Rings musical. <laughs> By all accounts, I believe, I could be wrong about this. Let me actually, let me make sure when, I'm not when? wrong about this. Well, in 2006, and it okay. was like the most expensive thing of all time. And so it closed instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was open? It opened? Yes. Yep, and people oh have seen it God. with their eyeballs. And they're all in it. Every character is in it. Like from uh, Barleyman, Butterbird, your Bill Fernies <laughs> to Gandalf and Aragorn. <laughs> everybody's in it. Uh, what? Yeah. And it's it's, like, that feels like a hoax. There was a... In 2013, Playbill announced that the show would be revived for a world tour in 2015. The first location for the tour would have been in New Zealand, but the dates and other locations were never announced. It never opened. It was open in 2006. It closed in 2007. Uh, oh, does someone? Have, there has to be a recording it was of it. $30 million. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. The production began performances on February 4th, 2006. Had its opening on in March two thousand six, and its final performance was September third, two thousand six. I mean, hey, that was a couple months. It's better than some music. Like it didn't close the same weekend. No, 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 no. And they it a definitive mega musical. Time magazine called it ingenious, uh, but the New York Times said it was largely incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> now I would love to write something and put something up that the New York Times calls largely incomprehensible. <laughs> I would take yeah. that as a Especially huge compliment. If it was $30 million? Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. I would kill to see it. Lord of the Rings musical interviews from 2023 UK revival? Yeah, they they like scaled it down and did a 12 week week run. So that doesn't um, as far as I'm concerned that doesn't count. Doesn't count. All right. Yeah, 20 at the time it was the most expensive production ever. That's crazy. 
Well, that's part one of two of the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us at Hardcover Hooligans on your Instagram, your Facebook. You can email us at hardcoverhooligans at gmail.com if you have any questions. If you want to talk to me about the Noldor, uh, just go ahead and shoot me an email. We can have a conversation and about that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, but I'd say if you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and... We love you all. We love you. Should Good we have night. like a should we have some sort of like I don't know, tag tag out something? Yes, stay hard. Fun everybody. and clever to stay <laughs> Stay hard. Stay hard like my man Frodo. <laughs> stay, stay hard like Frodo, people. Peace out. <laughs>